tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after show entertainment. Johnson. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! This is a metal version of this. It's <laughs> super metal right now. Hello out there, Black Sales brethren. <laughs> Welcome to After Buzz TV. Black Sales, episode XVI. Season 2, episode 8. I am your host, Brian Hooks. And we are here today to talk about my favorite show, Black Sales. <laughs> to my left, Lauren Salon. Hello, everybody. How's it going? You can find me on Twitter at Lauren Salon. Hey, Jamie Elias. Hey, I'm Jamie Elias, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jamie S. Elias. Ladies, you're looking lovely as always. Unfortunately, I have to say in advance, I'm sorry, you are not the prettiest people in the room. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) We can go go to my left, to my left, to my left, or we can just go to my right and (laughs) see where people are over there on the couch. Sean Cameron Michael. Good evening, guys. How's it going? A.K.A. Richard Guthrie is on the couch. Yay! <laughs> Fresh off the cross. Here we are. Right <laughs> yeah. And to his right, or my left, 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 Megan Young. Hello. Miss Abigail Ash. Hi. Guys, why don't you tell the people at home where they can find you guys on Twitter? You, you go um, first. I'm at Sean C. Michael. And I'm at Young Megan underscore. And that's also M-E-G-A-N-N-E. Yes, an unusual spelling. <laughs> Don't forget to spell it the right way. <laughs> Otherwise, there is somebody else who has young Megan, so they keep getting all these messages. And they're oh, like, no. why are these people contacting me? Right? All these fans. <laughs> I know. I've I'm never a, heard of Black Sales. I'm a big fan of following like hashtags and like Twitters and stuff to see where they lead to sometimes. And I, I'll click on people's names like, that's not who that person is. Who, who? Yeah. And like I've seen like <laughs> network shows like... High up there that should get these things right. The people are paid to get these things right, and they're wrong. It's like, who are they tagging? Speaking of hashtags, Megan, what's your hashtag? We're trying to get going here. Get your pirate on! Hashtag yeah. get Come your on, pirate people. on. Get your pirate Somebody on. get their pirate on for Megan Young, please. And every time I type it, I'm like, whoop, by myself with my cat. Sweet. <laughs> all right, we got your back. I mean, your cat your take what's yours is what the, the show tried to get, and it didn't go on. So we are in the thick of it here at episode eight. And I want to know what oh everyone in the room thought about episode eight, ladies. Holy smokes. Um, it, you know, some things we saw coming, other things I was so pumped happened, like the whole Charles Vane thing. Just super excited about that. I'm going to leave it right now. Yeah. And I would say, as we've seen with the last one or two episodes, the pace has really changed. You know, the direction mm-hmm. of the show is definitely being accelerated. And, oh, this episode definitely set the stage for what's going to happen in the next few and it seems very intense. I really actually only need to ask Megan what she thinks because I know exactly what Sean thinks about this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Sucks. We should have asked Sorry. It was actually my favorite episode. (laughs) (laughs) Obvious reason. I wonder why. (laughs) So I was very excited about it. Well, yes, and this is the the most we've seen of your character in the show, so that was a really great thing for you, I'm sure, to see as well. Yeah, definitely. Like, you get a lot of insight about her and what she sees and how she perceives Mm -hmm. everyone, and... um 
Yeah, I, 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 that's why I really liked it. So I'm sorry, I just feel really bad because you're glaring at me, but I'm so happy about <laughs> it. I'm so extremely proud, but I feel bad for him as well. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was telling these guys that, uh, you know, for episode eight, I, I didn't really go to the table read for it because I didn't really have any dialogue. I, I wanted to add, like, yeah. a grunt just, yeah. when I sort of get taken off the, the cross. Which they didn't even show, so even if you had recorded that scene, they would have cut it out anyway. <laughs> sure, go ahead and add your grunt. Yeah, go ahead. Just sort of like, a, just a subtle sort of... Uh, there we go. <laughs> like a, a last dying breath. Yeah, exactly. Very sort of theatrical. Yeah. Well, you know, it is what it is. I, I hear actually that you're really good at accents. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. That's, that's the rumor floating around. So you could do a grunt and an accent. A grunt How many different accents accent can you do? do How many different accents? Yeah. You know, what it is, is that every, I mean, I, I'm a character, uh, yeah, I'm a character actor. So, I mean, every time that I, I sort of work on a, on a TV series or movie, I'm, I'm inevitably always sort of playing a, a different character with a different accent. So, um, you were talking then. about your Western one earlier. Yeah, let's let's yeah, the Western do one. one. Um, the Western one, uh, the Salvation. Yeah, I was just gonna say Salvation's the new yeah. movie you're gonna be in. Yeah, and that's yeah. a Western movie, right, with Matt Nicholson and Eva Green. Eva Green. No, well, it's very cool. I mean, it's, it's sort of had a, a limited release here in the states, and uh, it's sort of uh, been flighting in, in Europe and that. And, and that was, um, and that I was playing this cowboy Lester, and out here when you're offered a drink, ma'am, you drink. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so that, that was that, that was kind of like inspired by like uh, Kiefer Sutherland from like Twenty Four. Yeah. yeah. So um, and uh, in twenty, um, <laughs> yeah, and, and I was sort of lucky to work with with Kiefer a couple of years ago on the on the Twenty Four movie that we did, and in that I was playing a, a Frenchman, um, Charles Lin. So the French accent though was, but it was we were sort of uh, sort of Inspector Clouseau. So oh, it, was, it was a bit hectic. So I had to. I think for an American it's audience, very over, to- over the top. Right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. For like an American audience, that uh, you can do an accent, but there there needs to be clarity in it. So, mm-hmm. um, so I, even though I was playing a, a French character, it was there he is, the mighty warrior who threw that he's gun for a wheelbarrow. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> <laughs> <It's insane>. we <laughs> don't did understand he say? <laughs> something about a wheelbarrow <laughs> and a, a wheelbarrow. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting crazy in here already. We're only six minutes into the show. <laughs> oh, uh, so it was though nice, Megan, with your character this week to get all that perspective and kind of be told from your story and I was saying when we were watching the episode I always really liked with this show and you get every now and again you get these like gems of dialogue these monologues that they oh. put out that are just so well written and they're just amazing so you actually had two of them this week I know I was, like, I was a very very lucky girl you were throwing very, a major amount on that one the so. voiceovers were set the tone so like right when you heard it right in the beginning yeah. I'm like oh this is kind of eerie like yeah. something's yeah. gonna go down how what's gonna you, happen how long were you doing the ADR for that um, well, we actually re- we pre-recorded all of those voiceovers mm-hmm. so that when they shot the scenes, they could do playback and you'd have it. So, I mean, that was a bit strange for me because then I'd hear my voice and I'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> Is that really what I sound like? Is my accent <laughs> yes. okay? I'm like self-critiquing. Um, but so we recorded that about, I think, twice and then we did ADR and then there might have been another recording at some point. So there was a lot of time spent on it to make sure that the the very subtle sounds of the voice and 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 how it grows and make to make sure that it flowed with the whole episode mm-hmm. so it did take time to yeah, work and on there that. was a lot of transition just in Abigail's monologue you know yeah. from being hopeful and almost naive to a certain extent but then exactly. really insightful with like well maybe it's all a ruse you know so it, it was such good arcs with that yeah you know, and she's very a as job. a character she's very observant and she's definitely she's sort of a wallflower she doesn't you know uh, draw too much attention Mm -hmm. to herself 
But she listens and she watches and she's very aware of what's going on and she picks up things. And well, and there was definitely character growth that we saw in this episode with your character. Yeah. And I, we'll talk about that more in a little bit. But, you know, you could see even just watching the episode as the monologue progressed, you were getting, you know, a little bit stronger in yourself, a little more confident in your abilities. And then, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it could lead to even more for you next week, hopefully. Totally. Yeah. Didn't you kind of you switch to your putting your trust in, kind of, huh? Like, at first it started with monsters yeah. and this is what your dad had told you and this is what you'd heard from where you came from. And then you kind of met these people and then you, your monsters kind of switched or they weren't so scary anymore. Yeah, I think, well, it's definitely when you're spending time with people, you start to kind of see see a different side of them. You can't help but do that. Um, and you see a human side and it's very much I mean the show is always all of the characters are making decisions split moment decisions and she's no different she has mm-hmm. to kind of weigh up do I want to you know, stay here do I want to go with Eleanor do I want to trust these people and I think she yeah I, I'm really actually very proud that people felt that she was a strong character because I felt that that was really important to give to her um, so I'm glad After she decided to help open the gate, yeah, no. of course. <laughs> I know, I feel really bad. I mean, I, even at the time, I was like, oh, I was no. saying to you guys earlier, I was like, I feel like such a douche. Can <laughs> oh, 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 so you can say whatever you want, it's okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I did, no. I was like, I'm standing here with this thing, and I'm like, not doing it. I'm just like looking at her. Help her open oh, the no. gate. I, yeah. I, but I did, I did, eventually I did. I was scared. I was like, it's going to take long. I was really scared. And I redeemed yourself. You redeemed yourself this episode. Yeah, we're telling him to stop kicking Thank the crud out of Flint. After she Thank sliced you. her hand open, no big deal. <laughs> and also, you can say douche if it makes you feel okay. better. Okay, what, what else we'll can I say? We're an opinion based show. You can say anything you want. Okay, good. Okay. Feel free to cuss somebody out if I you really won't. want to. No, I won't. <laughs> I'd actually, like in your voice, though, I feel like that'd just be funny more than it would be like offensive. So oh, to yeah. start swearing at people. So okay. this week, and so normally when we do our show, I like to think about you know, what order of things happen and talk about kind of everything as it progressed in the show. And I have to sometimes put in order of importance what happened and, you know, where we start. I really couldn't this week. I sat down and I was making notes and I have like five pages in front of me and I wrote all the things that I thought are relevant to talk about and I couldn't figure out where to start and where to end and like what was the most important moment and what was the least important moment and... Anybody? Anybody? I mean, we can just go and Anybody? Wait, let's just go from the top. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Since we're already Big. talking about yeah. Abigail, since she did start our show off in her nightmare. <laughs> she did. Again, they yeah. found a reason to bring Ned Lowe back, so mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. extra credit for him. Can we talk about how everything made sense with what happened with Captain Flint from season one, how we didn't know who the, the Maria people Lane? That, they, that he was killing, the two people that he killed, how we didn't really understand that story, and then and Abigail kind of brought it to light, and we're like, that's exactly who he was killing. Oh, we'll get there. Oh, okay. If we're going in <laughs> order. You said go in order. I know. Now you're like, and now you're like page three. We said, we said <laughs> Abigail and it got me going. I'm sorry. So one thing that one of the people on Twitter did want to know, Megan, is are we ever going to find out about how you ended up on The Good Fortune? Mm. Um, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Well, if Do you I? don't know, then, I don't then know. we don't know. I mean, I know my backstory, but I don't think it comes out. Exactly how I end. Oh no! Oh my gosh! What am I saying? But I mean, Ned no, no, no. There, you know what? Ned, this is Ned what Ned I was talking about. I'm sorry. Right? I totally blanked. We actually talked about this about scenes being cut out, um, cut, cut out, cut. Um, and one of the one of the scenes that we did actually explained how I ended up on the ship and why I wasn't with my my father and the whole story mm. behind that. And that actually got taken out. But um, she writes that in in the letter. Um, her father leaves her in England because he feels that her education will, would be better there. Um, so she stays behind, and he goes goes to Charlestown. 
Charles Town. Charles Town. Not Charleston. Charles Town. That's how I'd actually work on it in my accent. Charles Town. Charles Town. There we go. Um, <laughs> so she gets left behind and they had this massive fight and um, she tells him that she never wants to see him again. So she writes this in, in this letter and she, on, on her way to, to seeing him, they, they make amends eventually and that's why she's joining him because they make amends and that's how she gets onto the good fortune. And we got a little bit of that last week, I think, where you were talking about, you know, the, with uh, your interaction with Eleanor Guthrie's character about how she's such a strong woman and, yeah, yeah. you know, the, you, this was no place for a woman. Why are you here and what are you doing? Yeah. And you kind of idolize yeah, her almost. That was a great moment because it was a moment where... She, there was just this kind of parallel between those two characters, and there is that kind of what, uh, somebody. Well, I don't want to say what somebody asked me on Twitter in case you are going to ask. Go me ahead, this, say but it. Somebody actually asked me Save about me what happens. You know, what would Abigail want now? Would she want adventure? Or would she want to go back to normalcy? And it's and and during that kind of conversation with with um, Eleanor and with Hannah. It was that question of like, how do you turn back from this? And you see so much, and you see a different life, and yeah, it just reminded me of that. Future pirate life for Abigail, right at the bottom of my page. Ooh, da, 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 da. Yeah. Just so you know, <laughs> that was just one of the things that I saw on Twitter. Yeah. I also thought it was interesting. Yeah, yeah. isn't exactly, that one of your predictions? I'm No, it's fine. I'll say it now. I. I am adamant that by the end of this season, we will meet Blackbeard the Pirate. Probably in episode 10. I think that's going to be a cliffhanger leading into season 3. And I also thought it'd be really funny is mm. if uh, Megan's character came back as Mary Reed. The pirate that we keep saying is going to be somebody else that we need to get mm-hmm. in the show. Mm. So I'm just putting it out there, you know. Interesting. And then when you watch episode 10, you can be like, dang it, Ryan, you were right again. <laughs> hey, I'm done saying that. Oh, yeah? You're just used to me being right all I'm the time done. now? I'm done guessing. I'm done second guessing you. No matter what you say is the law. So if that's yeah. happening, it's probably happening. <laughs> Well, I, I definitely see her having some. You know, she's very intrigued by Billy the Bones. Pri- that's <laughs> Billy what I'm Bones. Okay, Billy, <laughs> Gosh, Billy's that's left what, that's arm. What I hope. Okay, back to hopes and dreams. I don't have predictions. I have hopes and dreams. Uh, I have hopes and dreams for oh you, my God. Billy Bones. I think that would be so phenomenal. That would be cute. Yeah, young love. It's so funny mm-hmm. because oh, we read that scene so differently. I think because <laughs> everyone's reading so much like. Um, so much like love well not love but like lust Tension. from the both of them and I mean she, from her it's definitely this hunky guy with these amazing arms yeah he is um, checking it out but I think I always got Billy was like what is this chick staring at this is really weird I didn't get him like checking that's, her out that's kind of how I took it okay, you know he was just he like who's this little girl yeah <laughs> you know? exactly that's how who's I, this girl I was, okay, drooling yeah, over me she's young she's yeah. so young well at the same but, time you can watch the episode and think that but you can also watch like the way he sits down and the way he like talks to Flint. Is he being secretive or is he being like kind of shy the, towards this girl the that way he doesn't he's know? Flexing well, he like turns and he's like, is, is he is he telling you know Flint about the tech and lines and sailing sooner? Is it like a secret or is it more like he's like kind of shy and doesn't want to like look at them? Yeah. You know, he's being like, oh, this girl's cute, but I got to do some stuff over here and figure it out. Both That's- their characters, they seem so compatible. He seems like the most genuine pirate. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's hard to find. He seems yeah. like a genuine one, and she seems so innocent and so like willing to learn. Thi- I don't know. I just want willing you guys. to learn things. Where are we going with this? <laughs> no! <laughs> wow, Megan, step back. First, she says douche. Then she goes here. All right, this is wild. Well, I think it's hysterical. I mean, you've got Abigail surrounded by all these pirates, you know, on her way back home, and 
she's going, wait a second, there's a really hot guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, screw the pirates. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that is Funny. fitting for her growth as a, you know as a character because yeah. in the beginning she's talking about this great orchestra and this theater that's being put on for her. Mm-hmm. You know, to quote your lines that I wrote down on the paper as well. Uh, you know, and what's going to happen if that changes? But then later, you you know, these are just men and they have their own monsters and they're and that's the theme that you know Black Sails has pitched from the beginning of this season is are they monsters or are they men? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and we're we're learning this as we go along that these men have their own monsters that they're afraid of and these things that they want and it, it, it's interesting to then change the dynamic of having maybe a relationship blossom of that on mm-hmm. this ship you know they're returning you home and they're helping you out and now yeah. young love we shall see <sighs> we shall see indeed. even outside of the you know lust factor with the looks and everything yeah. but we learn in that scene about Billy's backstory too and he's just such a like you know very Normal noble guy guy you know was a normal guy and so from that perspective their characters you know the characters really mesh yeah. too so are you ready but for it's your also, oh sorry no go ahead you, you just, first i was just gonna say it was it's just really important with that story especially when you kind of when you look at the episode as a whole he did something that was so wrong for just reasons or like mm-hmm. for, for for almost like a noble motivation and then i think that's a real pivotal point for her i mean she's thinking it all along she's starting to see a different side of these these men, but then when she hears that story, she understands that everyone is capable of something yep. ugly, and everyone ugly is capable of something beautiful. Maybe so. It's just well said. Thank you. I am an and Enzine. <laughs> so what I was going to I was, I was, I was drop your history fact of the day for you. As you guys know, I sometimes like to talk about history and random things that happened in the course of the show. So when I first watched the episode, I actually thought they said lemoners. I was like, Do they, they're like lemon trees? Like, what, why are they passing out pamphlets? But then I realized that there were levelers, which is actually a political movement mm-hmm. during the English Civil War. However, uh, one of their major things, the manifestos, is the Agreement of the People, which came out in 1649, almost 50 years before this took place. So that concept of being a leveler was actually almost outdated at that point. Because by the if Billy was a you know, a young man passing these things out and probably be seventeen oh five, something like that, seventeen ten. Uh, so they're 50 years off base. So what's really great about this, Ryan, is that, you know, as actors, when we're sort of working on different episodes and that, we don't actually really do a lot of research as actors. What we, what we do is we actually tune in to AfterBuzz to watch your show, to sort of like really sort of get the backstory. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So then Artistic on set we... Like, we yeah. We thought no one well, no, no, it's like, about everything, well, man. It's like I'm, annoying. Yeah. I'm the worst person to watch TV with because I don't listen to what they're actually saying. I like look at continuity issues in the scenes and like, oh, that guy has a scar. He's missing a cane. <laughs> like ran- I, that's the things that I look for when I watch TV. Oh, the sounds weird. Is yeah, there's something going on? Yeah. That's where I'm. The My terrible, hair. Yeah. Your hair is. Your roots are showing. I don't know. <laughs> that didn't really happen. It's really great. I mean, you know, f- for me, uh, I love the afterbirth and I love these. Shows because there are just so many things that you know fans of the show that you that you guys see in scenes see you know in our characters and, and the progression of our characters in the storyline that they're very often that I didn't even get that I didn't even yeah. see when, when, when I when I first read the, read the scene or read the scripts or whatever and I go like, wow I never actually thought about that and now suddenly it all makes sense yeah. <laughs> because you know really I don't know it's like sort of very deep and very introspective but <laughs> you know as actors you sort of walking on to set obviously you've learned your lines you, you've done a table read you've done a rehearsal and and you're really just sort of trying to be in the moment and be real 
Um, and so, and you're involved in your storyline, exactly. Yeah. You know, so you, you're not really sort of thinking about you know the other stuff and what happened. The big maybe. picture, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, so a lot of a lot of the time, we need to actually watch these shows for clarity yeah. about where are we going <laughs> as individuals. What happened? <laughs> well, no, I, that's a very interesting thought, especially with television shows, because you know, you as an actor are brought in, you film your scenes, and that's all. And you don't see what happens when the other actors are filming their scenes that you're yeah. not a part of. So you almost sometimes don't get where the writers and the producers are going with this big picture that they're creating for us as an audience that we then see and immediately pick up these nuances that they've written in intentionally. Go on. You look oh. like you have something to say. No, <laughs> I, I completely agree with you. <laughs> what, and it's a very like, cool thing as an actor then to look back and see your work. You're like, oh, wow, this is, this is great. Like I, how they did all this. And yeah. it, it, it was really, I mean, you know, for me in season one and in season two, it, it was really quite tricky because... You know, most of my scenes were either with Mrs. Barlow or with Eleanor. Um, and so I, I was never really involved with, with any of the pirates. So really, my world, I was shooting like a Downton Abbey period drama. Yeah. And these guys were shooting this pirate <laughs> show. Because I, I never really, you know, the, um, you know, in episode seven, it was the first time that I actually, actually met Charles Vane. Um, and it was the first time that, I, that I'd actually sort of seen Captain Flint from season one, episode one. Um, so yeah, for, for, for me, it's it's kind of cool to actually watch the episodes afterwards because I actually then sort of get to see the context of the whole story. Yeah. But but it, it really is it really is tricky as an actor because whenever you're sort of walking onto set, you're always sort of trying to exactly where am I going to pitch this and where is this going to fit in with the other scenes? And what's sort of going on? Yeah, I mean, for me, it was really it was really strange. Just I I never saw the first se- well, I saw the first season, but I saw it way after we finished shooting second season two, so I didn't have that. And I you know they'd already established relationships as people in real life as actors in real life because they've been together so because long they've been together for so long one, so they knew each other and I was coming in and it, it was my first experience on a really big set with a with a role like this so for me I was like I, you know when you talk about like okay where am I going to pitch this I was like how am I going to survive this? <laughs> <laughs> am I going to know my lines yeah. what's going to happen are they going to fire and me it, and, and it's you know I, I was really lucky because it, it was an amazing I mean you, everyone said this a million times but they're amazing people the crew the set um, everyone who's involved actors so they welcomed me really really quickly and and um, gently and helped me along but it was kind of weird to just place myself come into this existing family mm-hmm. yeah yeah exactly and it was an existing family and we're I'm, all in the same boat <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've actually gotten that sense of we're talking to different actors from the show and people throughout the first two seasons that especially being on location like that that you become sort of this really close-knit family because you are just stuck together for all the time yeah. you, know, mm-hmm. you live there and you're filming there and you're working all the time and yeah 15 hour days every day mm-hmm. time. sword yeah. fighting and makeup and yeah. all kinds of good stuff climbing ropes that you didn't get to do I know <laughs> you know it, 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 it's, it's kind of it's kind of strange in a way that you know most, most South African actors sort of working on the show um, you especially you know obviously things aren't always shot you know in in, in sequence so so very often um, you know especially when I was playing Richard Guthrie I would I would really only come in for you know a day here or, or a day there every sort of two three weeks so I unfortunately didn't actually really get to spend a heck of a lot of time with, with the other cast members which in a way was actually perfect for Richard Guthrie because he is a bit of a, an outsider mm-hmm. so there was always you know over the course of you know two years that you know we, that we, we shot season one and two there was always a little bit of distance which was actually really good for the character yeah. Um, but unfortunately, yeah, I mean, uh, I, did, I did sort of miss having that sort of camaraderie, mm-hmm. you know, and sort of working constantly with actors. So then, Megan, this question is more for you. Who has the best sense of humor on set? Oh, my goodness. Um, well, 
I'd actually surprisingly I enjoyed watching Toby and Louise interact with each other because Captain they were Flint Toby as yeah, opposed to yeah yeah no Rackham no no Toby. not Schmitz no uh, Schmitz um, Rackham Toby has a wicked sense of humor all those guys but I spent more time with 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 um Oh my god, their names are like merging into like Captain one Flint. gigantic Toby word. Toby Stevens. Um, but Toby Stevens and uh, Louise Barnes, just watching them because they had great chemistry. Like they're friends in real life and they were making like hilarious fart. There, there were fart jokes at one point, there were some crude <laughs> jokes. Actually, and you they- can't say that. <laughs> I can't say Sorry. Sorry. It's not appropriate. I enjoyed their humor and they, they always lightened all the scenes because I mean, a lot of our scenes together were like really heavy. So, mm-hmm. you know, having them giggling in the background was a lot of fun. Does that take away from the character at all though? Where like you're trying to have this big heavy scene and then you're like, no, oh, they're making fart jokes. No, I, it's, 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 it's a funny thing because we were talking about like method acting. He's convinced that I'm a method actor, but I'm not. But um, Of course you are. I'm I mean, not because I feel like that actually helps, that kind of lightness in a, in a scene before you go into something serious. I think for some people it doesn't work, but for me it was actually nice because it made me feel at ease with these amazing actors. I mean, to work with Toby was incredible. Yeah. Um, so to have them joking around and being silly was actually like, it calmed me down mm-hmm. and it was really helpful and then you kind of take a minute and focus and then you go into it and it was good it gave you a good energy it's always like that whole thing there's always a fine line between laughter and crying so if you like have that energy it's easy it's easier to move it over I mean it, w- w- why I said that, you know that you're very method is is because in episode 7 I mean you know we hadn't worked we hadn't really worked together before I was just in a bad mood okay no but, but when, <laughs> when, 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 we, when we were in the in the in the tavern and I was sort of sitting there with, with Mrs. Barlow and and you came walking in with Eleanor, and and I just sort of you know looked at your face, and you were completely completely as you would say in South African, you were completely in a dwell, <laughs> a dwell. meaning uh, you were completely sort of in your own world and sort of dazed, and I was like wow. You know, I, I, I didn't yeah. see you. I, need I didn't to take see down a dose of my drugs. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but I, I, I genuinely didn't see you. Yeah. You know, oh, I, I saw Abigail, okay. and I was like wow, okay, whatever she's on, I want some. I want some of that. <laughs> <That's> good <laughs> shit. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, then, Don't take know, drugs, kids. <laughs> you know, talking about Toby and that, the, there's an acting family that has no history in anything at oh. all. <laughs> I know. You didn't learn anything from Toby, but so I guess again, in terms of that, what is like you know being a part of a show like Box Hills, like and especially being really young and new into the acting world, like what has that had sort of influence and meant to you? Uh, it's me. It's me. It's just it's yeah. I'm getting like quite nervous now speaking about it because it's just made such an impact on my life and my career. It really has, and I. I mean, the whole reason that I'm in L.A. right now is because of Black Sails. I learned so much on that show, and my, you know, as a performer, my confidence soared, uh, and just picking up different styles. I think for young actors, you don't, you don't really know you don't really know how you approach a role. You get the textbooks and you, you go to college and you go to classes, but until you do it, then you settle on your own style. So just working with them just influenced every aspect of my career and every aspect mm-hmm. of my work and it's just been phenomenal and I couldn't couldn't have been luckier really it was just incredible and it was just like super geeky I get really geeky because I don't go like oh my god I'm on this amazing show and everyone should watch it I'm like oh my god oh my god you know my show you know my name oh wow that's so cool look somebody retweeted my tweet getting all fangirls exactly so it's been it's been fun excellent yeah 
Okay, so I want to keep talking more about the show then, now that we need to get back to that topic yeah. at hand, because we're going to not talk about the show at all. I, mean, I know. That's uh, okay. So I want to go ahead and tell Jamie that I'm glad that this week happened the way that it happened, because of what you said last week, and we're talking about Silver and like his influence, because they spent a large chunk of this week's episode talking about Silver and how the men react to him, and we even saw later on the road with Irving. Unfortunately, the, these writers are phenomenal. Like mm-hmm. I'm rereading Treasure Island right now because as I'm watching the show, I'm like, I need to understand. Like yeah, I need yeah. to know. You need to understand and, Silver's character more. Exactly. And so as I'm reading Treasure Island, I'm like, there are so many parallels that they're setting him up to be Long John Silver that mm-hmm. it is insane. And this whole episode, the whole uh, Mr. Scott and, yeah, and Billy, Billy talking, talking about, about it, and he's like, well, when he finally does realize like how much power he has, it's going to be kind of dangerous. Yeah. And then as soon as he as soon as he kind of realized, hey, I looked at a guy and he killed somebody for me. Ah, and he, he had know. that moment. So he, he, did. he, he sort of did aha. realize, like, mm-hmm. w- hold on a second. This People are, they listen to Silver and they follow Flint because Silver says so. But now they're doing stuff just because they believe in Silver. Absolutely. So that's for something big down the road, yeah. for sure. Well, we, we saw that change coming last week with mm-hmm. just his decision to go for the gold yeah, he's, he's, he's making doing. moves now. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So cunning. Great character. Well played. And uh, the other thing then, too, I was noticing in, in that scene when you're talking about, you know, Billy and Scott, he was telling a story and Billy's like, you know what? That's somebody else's story. But it's not about the fact that he is telling the story. It's, you know, how he's telling it, how mm-hmm. everyone's listening. And also, did you notice one thing that I picked up on that you maybe didn't? Uh, the name of the person that was killed in the story was Solomon Little, which is mm-hmm. the friend's name from previously when he started telling the story about there was oh, a yeah, geeky the, kid with the that ears that used to get beat up, picked on. and that's oh, what influenced yeah. him. It was the same person. Oh, so he's just, you know, wow. he's putting some truths in there to make or it Or he's making a lie that's consistent, because he's using the same character. This is either, it, yeah, either it's the same lie or that kid, you know, he actually did know someone that way, and it's totally, good old he Solomon just Little. adds into his stories. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Silver's character is like on the cusp of betraying Flint at every kind of turn, but it doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel like I don't. The way it's written is so amazing, and when he finally does do it, I don't think anybody's going to be surprised. But I think mm-hmm. it's just going to flow so naturally. When it yeah, when it comes when out, it finally when happens, and when present. everybody knows, I think it's going to be great. I really am appreciating his character think that's, more and more. That's end of season three that that oh. even is, is going to happen if it goes down and my I'm looking at you guys like I, you know I'm listening to you and I'm like uh, I'm just like we're, sitting we're, here with a smile I'm like what can I say what should I say yeah. I'm not going to say that okay, I can't I'm, okay. not allowed, I'm not allowed to say anything the PR people are shaking their heads you're lucky, you're lucky you can't see the disapproving look that I'm getting right now I know I feel like yeah. I, I actually warned them before you came in that they're going to get disapproving looks from PR oh. about things they can't say oh. there's the head shake can't so. ask for too many spoilers the questions you know. that I'm not allowed to ask that I may ask you because you're young and you'll tell me you can tell she's working PR you can tell she's working and then as soon as she hears something she just puts her phone down and looks up and, just <laughs> you, like, uh-huh. and comes up uh-huh. we're following the rules <laughs> sometimes I you know take what's mine hashtag pirate life for me hashtag but we saw though then this week the death of Irving because he was basically one of the two scouts which we now have a name for one of the scouts we still don't have a name for the other scout He's scout still, two scout mm-hmm. two yeah. there we go so because they, they gave him obviously after they kill somebody they have to give him a character name it's just a rule I think in television <laughs> if you get killed you get a name so we can really create, is that a thing well they have to talk about it <laughs> How do you how do you talk, do you about, talk about somebody yeah. being killed without saying a name? Yeah, you have to That's say, true. oh, you know, Irving that Nicholas Irving was killed this week. So 
that he earned a name. Oh, Scout yeah, Two well, has yet sense. to earn a name, so sense. hopefully he'll get one. Well, that's I probably that's probably how I got my name, Richard Guthrie. Yeah, yeah. Yep. they knew. They knew. Oh, they, they knew. knew. They knew. Okay, he's gonna die. Season, season two. Better give him a name. Yeah. Well, and what's that? Calling him dad. You know, with with your character, uh, Sean, as Richard, I noticed a very distinct change in the character from season one and season two. Do you think that that was written that way, or was that something more that you chose to do? Is more so the way that she approached Eleanor. He approached Eleanor. You know, it's it's really interesting with. With, with, there we go. With season one, um, you know, the the way that I played Richard Guthrie in, in season one and the way that he was written um, is not necessarily what you actually saw. Um, the, the the funny thing is is whenever Hannah and I, um, Hannah and you and I sort of did, did a scene together, um, there was this wonderful chemistry. Not that I don't know. I don't know if that is sort of translated. Hannah's sc- Eleanor for people watching that don't yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. And oh, um, th- there was always this wonderful chemistry uh, unseen. You know, it was always this this father and this daughter sort of fighting with one another, mm-hmm. and and her looking for approval and her looking for love. Um, and throughout season one and throughout season two, whenever the two of us were doing a scene together, always in rehearsals, we we would always sort of get teary eyed. We would really get emotional. Um, and a lot a lot of of how I played Richard Guthrie in, in season one, a lot of that you never sort of got. To, to see because mm. we would sort of cut in certain places and edit it in certain places so there was actually a lot of there was a lot more warmth and a lot more emotion from the character in season one that you never got to see got the thing is you, you needed to understand that there was this love-hate relationship and so you definitely saw that in in season one you know um, for, for me it was funny you know when I was I sort of see the the fans reactions to season one where, where they'll go oh my god Richard Guthrie is such a bastard you know <laughs> how could he do that to Eleanor how could he do that to Mr. Scott I mean he really just sort of screwed over and backstabbed everybody in season mm-hmm. one and so everybody hated his guts and so coming into season two um, but that uh, may yeah so mm. I was just going to say that that makes that that simple moment of mm-hmm. hand over shoulder. Oh, no, no, definitely. All of that is worth it in that mm-hmm. one little. No, moment. no, no, definitely. I mean, definitely in, in season two. Having watched season season one before we started choosing season two, um, you know, as I was saying earlier, there, there, there were there were times where I felt that. You know, in season one, I was shooting a different show. I was shooting, I was shooting Downton Abbey, and everybody else was shooting um, some cool pirate show. Some yeah. cool pirate show. Um, so, so de- no, definitely w- w- with season two, I did make a sort of a, a conscious decision to sort of just tone Richard down a little bit, and make him a little bit more, you know, real. Mm-hmm. Um, and and w- w- with the aim of season two, w- w- with Richard and Ella, it, w- it, it the whole thing was, is how does Richard get Eleanor to trust him? And the only way that he can ever get Eleanor to trust him again is maybe if he actually tells the truth. Mm-hmm. And so that's why in episode five, with the whole thing, you know, with her saying, wait a second, you always wanted a son. And he goes, yes. You know, for the first time, he's actually telling the truth. And even, even though it's, you know, he's being a bastard, he is telling, you know, he's telling the truth. Um, so, yeah, th- there was definitely a, a conscious decision to sort of turn the character down um, a little bit more and make him a little bit more fatherly. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially, you know, leading up to the leading up to um, the end of episode five, you know, wh- where he says to her, you know, look at everything that you've achieved, and and I could not be prouder. Mm-hmm. Is you that know? is that kind of right there? Is that when you knew? When did you? When was the um, moment that you knew what what was going to happen to Richard Guthrie? The definitely in episode seven 
when when I be, because you know w- w- when you're shooting w- when you're shooting an episode, you you very often you don't you haven't got the other scripts, so you don't mm-hmm. actually know what's. Oh no, they don't give those out. That's you know, <laughs> that, that, it, it's such a strange it, it's such a strange thing sh- shooting a TV series, which obviously is the norm, but it's not actually really the norm in South Africa when you're sort of working on local productions. I don't know what the norm is. So. <laughs> but, but, but but certainly you know with, with international productions where you don't always get the you know the episodes ahead. Um, so sometimes they're not even written yet. <laughs> so, so I, di- I didn't really, know, I didn't really know, you know, what, what, what was coming next. Um, but absolutely, in episode seven, um, which is my favourite scene, where where Richard walks into, you know, Adina's office and puts his arm around her. The minutes I saw that, and the minute you know, I, I put my arm around her and she put my head, you know, head on my shoulder. I was like, hmm, Aww. that's like really sweet. Um, and to me, it was sort of it, it was sort of the ending. Mm-hmm. It, it the, the, everything had sort of come full circle, yeah. you know, for the first time because you know six episodes ago, there's no way in heck she would you know let Daddy come near her. So so the fact that she allowed you know allowed me to put put my arm around her, so I kind of knew you know where where do you go from here? Do you think that was the perfect ending for Richard Guthrie's character? Would you have done it any differently, or do you think that was really fitting? I, I, I think. Um, look, I mean, you know, the, the writers and the the creators and the the producers of the, of the show were really. No, I mean, they they were really amazing when you know when, when they you know they picked up the phone to me and said, "Okay, cool, we 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 need a way to, you know, we, you know, for Eleanor's for her growth for her character arc, where her character needs to go in the story." Um, we need Charles Vane to do something. You know, what is the worst thing in the world that he could do? Exactly, you know, what, he, what could he do? And killing Richard Guthrie was was the nail in the coffin, excuse mm-hmm. the pun. Um, so, um, yes, I mean, I, I was involved in exactly how is he going to die? Could we going to crucify him on a cross? And what is he going to look like? And how are we going to shoot him? And so I was involved in that, which, which was really, which was really, really mm-hmm. awesome. Because as actors, very often, you, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't get that. You don't get that. You don't get that, you know, creative or artistic input. It shows a huge amount of respect for, for the character, for the story, for the viewers and for you as an actor. I mean, I mean, I would, I mean, I would have, um, it would have been really, really cool to sort of find out a little bit more about their sort of backstory, to find mm-hmm. a little bit more about, you know, how how um, how my wife died and 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 how Eleanor and and Richard and, and his wife actually arrived at Nassau and that sort of backstory. But mm-hmm. do you know that knows? backstory? We still care. Excuse yeah. me, do you know that backstory <laughs> over there, Sean Michael? Do you want to share that with us? You, you know what's really interesting is, is that we we all sort of had to, you know, when you're sort of creating these characters for a show, you you need to sort of come up mm-hmm. with um, obviously the you know the scripts are really well written and 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 there's not a lot of a heck of a lot of work that you have to do. But absolutely, I mean myself and Hannah knew Eleanor did sort of work out some sort of backstory even though her sort of backstory is slightly different to my backstory <laughs> but uh, yeah it, I mean, it would have been it would have been cool to to go there to to yeah. find out more about the one well, one well, could, you know, I say one could argue that her backstory and her character development influenced your character the way you had to play because she's the one that had the major changes in the way that she's grown and developed which then influenced the way she acted around you so that's yeah. all. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I was going to say, speaking of backstories, are there any characters whose backstories you want to see the writers 
dive deeper into because we've seen with Flint and Miranda so many flashbacks Mm -hmm. and we're really getting an inside look at what went on with their relationship and why they're here but any, and you any see quite others? a bit of Bunny. Well, she's mm-hmm. talk, talking talked talked about it a lot. Yeah, right, she's talking more about it. Yeah, we didn't get any Anne Bunny this week, but she's right off now. on a mission oh. for Max. So hopefully, we'll yeah. find out about that because I want to know what Max's she's doing. Max's would be interesting. Do you get much background for Max? And we didn't get last name. No, where's that at, Max? You're just Max. Yeah, she's Miss Max. She's cool like that. And <laughs> um, that would be quite interesting. To why she? I think also Mr. Scott. It would, be, it would be nice yeah. to, to see how he yeah. got there and his position and you know, his backstory as well. Was he there? Was he born there? Is he brought there as a yeah. slave or his family or anything like that? Mm-hmm. That'd be a good little backstory as well. All right, so we need to talk some more about the episode because we're running low on time. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And we haven't even talked that much about what happened. So that's okay. So we did talk about Flint and – I'm sorry. We did talk about Silver and that aspect. Um, we have got a little bit about Max and now that they're in this plot to bring the Urca gold back with Rackham. Um, I like the little moments there where they have Featherstone, and he's like, what am I going to tell him? Tell him you're evaluating the ship. Uh, there was a, a fun little joke, though, that I picked up on that they threw in the second time that they were together. And Max is like, what are we going to do? Dig a hole and bury it? Talking about the treasure. Get it? Yeah. Treasure, <laughs> treasure. I thought this was cool. Somebody tweeted out like a really quick fun fact. Like, including food, water, cannons, men, equipment, and the weight of the ship itself, the pirates would be lucky to stuff 50 tons of gold into a single ship. So oh. it, if they weren't going to bury it, imagine how many back and forth they'd mm-hmm. have to go on. Who wouldn't see how much gold they had in there? So I just thought yeah. that was kind of a little historical fact for you over there, I Ryan. I would like 50 <laughs> I'm glad that you threw that in there. <laughs> Got your back. Maybe I knew that one too, but I just let you have it. Oh, here we go. All right, so one thing I did want to ask, and I was writing this down and talking about notes. So in, there's a scene later down the road uh, where Eleanor is in the office talking about everything that happened, and they suggest that Eleanor could make this all go away because that's what Eleanor does best after mm-hmm. she learned about the plot from Mrs. Mapleton. And who would have saw that coming, that she's been on payroll all this time? Right. Uh, that was a cool little twist that none of us would have seen coming, uh, that she could basically eliminate all the people involved. So do you think, in your opinion, is Eleanor as bad as Flint? Is she worse? I think Eleanor is confused. I think Eleanor's a little... I think she's a little... I mean, she knows what she wants, but I don't think she knows how much she's willing to give to get there. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. as a character, she's like, hey, this is what I want, and this is my tunnel vision, but all these things that are coming at this path that I'm trying to create, I just don't know how to handle all of yeah. them. So I do the first thing that comes to my mind. Right, and we've we see her act so abruptly often you know very rash decisions and she just goes with what she's feeling a lot of the time so i definitely would see her making a play for it you know and but see as this this one she had like the time to sit like somebody had asked her a question saying like hey are you willing to do this to these people mm-hmm. instead of it just being right in front of her so i think as she sat back and was like whoa like am i willing to do this to this many people you've and done it before she has done it before yeah. but when she did it before i think it was wasn't calculated i think it was more of just an abrupt hey this is who my character is this is what i'm gonna do this is what i need to go but i think that this was like an eye-opener for her maybe just mm-hmm. to see like whoa what really am i capable yeah. of doing or what am i willing to do in order to get where i need and to go? if she okay? really thinks that at those events, you know, she says they don't define who I am, but if she's starting to doubt that even a exactly. little bit. But they have defined who she is. Yeah, so totally. We will see. So once yeah. we get to the uh, Charles Town, 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 uh, we did see a good little moment then with Abigail because she stops them from beating up Flint. Yeah. Uh, she's come so far. Yeah, she's come. So yeah. Rhett attacks Flint and basically they said, oh, we're going to take out Vane. So it was cool when they came up to the, the ship because they were saying, you know, Captain Vane, Captain Vane, we're willing to pay your demands. Do you think that they were, were really willing to pay the no, demands, no, or they were just saying that to get him off the ship? Well, yeah, because yeah. as we saw, they're like, you know, we were told to, to beat him. capture Vane and not let him leave 
this island yeah. or the, not island but not let him leave whatsoever right. so yeah, but it's no like way. who are you you're nobody different they just didn't know who you're, you were. No, you're yeah. a pirate you're so a do, pirate. You, do you think that we will get Abigail and Peter they'll get the information about the Marie Lane and find out the truth behind all that I don't know. I know. I'm not asking you. I know you can't answer that question. <laughs> but you do still you look two, at me. I'm looking at you so I'm hoping you'll squeak out some information. I'm so weak. Do you, do you think that, we'll, that Abigail and Peter will get you know, some of the information and maybe clarification? Because we learned that this one event where Flint goes and kills Lord Alfred mm-hmm. Hamilton basically has changed Peter Ash's perspective on everything. And this event has driven him to become who he is. Did, did Peter know um, what had what went down? I, that's what I'm curious no. about. I'm curious well, yes. if Peter had any inclination or if he understood the severity of what had happened between Captain Flint and Lord Hamilton. And and if he did know that, then why was he taking it he, up so ridiculously? He knows the murdering? extent of what happened between James McGraw and Lord Hamilton, mm-hmm. not Captain Flint. That's what I'm saying. Because Captain Flint is an assumed name, and he hears this story about a pirate Captain Flint that killed Lord Hamilton. He doesn't know that it's the same person. Is he putting it together? Like that's yes. Will will we find out? Will they put it together, or you know, will the show put it together for (laughs) us in the next episode? And we'll get that information, you know, because that could change things drastically for this whole plight for Nassau. I know. Well, yeah, and even as we're watching it, that that scene with them meeting face to face finally, you know, you're holding on and like, oh gosh, what what is he going to do when he sees them? Exactly. Welcome to Charlestown. Yeah, and we all kind of you know took a breath on his face, just like me and well, Sean Michael was talking about and saying like, as an actor on his face, it's like, who are you? Oh, that's who you are. Okay, and then it's just all with expression. There was no words. He's just Mm -hmm. a great actor. Nick Nick Barain's an amazing actor. He's one of of his you know top actors and. uh, yeah, I mean, I loved, I loved what he did in that scene. You know, just sort of looking at Captain Flint again. Uh, oh, wait a second, it's you and Mrs. Barter, and you mm-hmm. are actually Captain Flint. And what the f- are you doing here? <laughs> I'm so confused. Uh, I don't hi, even know what's welcome. going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. it, was, it, was, it was wonderful. And so the next question I have then, and, and a similar thought process in relation to these stories sort of being put together for us and us figuring out the truths behind things. Do you think that going back a couple weeks ago? Where they gave us the big reveal that Flint's gay was that was his sexuality relevant to the major storyline of everything? Is, I mean, was because that was the driving force maybe between mm-hmm. what happened with him and uh, Lord Hamilton. Maybe it'll come up later. So yeah, do you think it'll be brought back around? Because they've sort of just dropped that on us and then left it alone. Well, I still don't think that. Hamilton. I know we've talked about this before. How he's, he was taken away to an asylum. I'm totally I still, agree with and you. they say he's dead, he's dead. But I think that's just. He's dead to us, you know. That's how we have gone. to think of it because he's gone. He's locked away for if so long. We don't see a body. I think you're he's not still. That's I think exactly. he's alive and he's going to come back. Exactly. I think that's why they introduced that. I think you're totally right. That's why we know who he loved and how he loved mm-hmm. him because he's not done yet. Is that your Richard Guthrie accent? <laughs> that was my Charles Vane accent. <laughs> <laughs> your Charles Vane accent needs to get a lot lower. This is my favorite scene of the entire episode. I got so excited because I've been waiting for him to have a backbone because I've been so bummed about his character because he's like the epitome of a pirate. He's the one I'm cheering for. I want him to win. And no, finally, no sorry, and finally he writes this letter and he's like, hey, um, Richard everybody. Richard was involved in a plot to return Nassau to England. Thank to you, Charles. Appreciate so it. But he wrote this letter, and he was basically 
laid out to Eleanor, hey, I'm not stupid. This whole time, you kind of thought I was dumb, and you kind of thought I was in the palm of your hand, but everybody warned me, and just in case this happened, I made backup plans. And I'm like, that's my boy! (laughs) Holding it down! Yeah, you can only mess with him so much, and he's gonna come back even harder. I I loved it. I hope they were wrong, but I was prepared in case they were right. Exactly! (laughs) So, And his handwriting was beautiful. Very yeah, way better than yours. Like, way better <laughs> than yours. I was like, looking at it now, and I was like, "Why is this handwriting so nice?" Yeah, beautiful handwriting. So, I'm right. sure somebody else wrote that. Someone in the props department With took their care right of that hand. Letter. Well, I, yeah, yeah. Somebody else wrote his. I had to write mine. Holy smokes, that was really good. <laughs> yes, that was, and the ending was like sort of very much like a Vietnam War where they're yeah, like, like coming yeah. through the modern reeds warfare. and like paint yeah. all yeah. on their face. Oh, and Zach was super excited about that scene. He was like... <laughs> He's yeah, an excitable he, fellow. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Alright, so we are running low on time. So you guys have a, a one last question you want to ask them oh, before we roll man. out? Okay, I have one last question and I don't know if you're going to be able to say it without giving anything away, but do you think that this move on Vane's part is is a good idea for NASA as a whole? Do you think that this is going to help NASA or this is going to help Vane? I think that question is very much whose side are you on and who's yeah, are you, you hashtag on? Team Flint or hashtag Team Vane? Yeah, I think it's definitely one of. <laughs> well, I'm Team Vane, so yes, that's yeah. been my yes. statement from the beginning. Do you, do you think that Vane's actions were justifiable, given what what else has happened? I mean, probably nobody's going to expect this, but I'm also Team Vane. Yeah. I, I mean, come on! I mean, he's, he's so cool! Well, you, you know, Are you we, Team Flint? He's so cool. We could have even seen that early oh, when you were know. giving Flint. Between. Oh, she's I'm Team more, Flint. I'm more Team Flint, yeah. Mm. Oh, but I mean, come on. Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> but you could see, though, that, that Richard's character would have been Team Vane a little more when he was talking to Flint and saying, sure. you know, do you think this is a good idea? Taking the gold and trying to return Nassau, those are not going to work. One or the other is your option. Mm-hmm. So we, we yeah, can no, see no, 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 I mean, I, I think... No, no, I definitely think that Richard I think Guthrie... I think definitely think Richard Guthrie would be... Team Flint, yes. you know, right. because obviously, you know, Eleanor. But and, you as a viewer, are team but, but me as a viewer, you know, absolutely. How do you not? Team Vane. Yeah, yeah, alive. Yeah, I mean, you just yeah. know. I mean, come on, you just know that the next two episodes are just going to. It's going to get real. Better. We've been waiting for action and battling, and that, that's what they did last season too. Episode six is when it got really heated, and then episode eight finished yeah. it off for us. So I we've know. been building up to this. You know, eight episodes. We're going to get all we've been waiting for. All those clips that we've seen that we see people getting killed and fought and mm-hmm. blown up and all that. It's happening. It's about to I know. Go down. All right. So one last question that I have. So what's uh, what's next for you folks? Do you want to go? Go yeah. for it. Okay. Well, I, I'm actually <laughs> heading out of L.A. in a little bit. I haven't got anything lined up at the moment, but I do have a film coming out called Eye in the Sky. So I'm actually not sure what the release date is, but it is this year. Check it out. But if you follow at YoungMegan underscore on Twitter, you can find out when all that (laughs) information goes down. Yeah, you'll find out all the bits and pieces of funny things that I've got going on in Project Back Home and my cat. Get your pirate on. Get Get your pirate on. Get your pirate on. I'm going to hold on to that. Now I'm so happy with life. (laughs) Life is living. Yeah. And Sean, you got salvation, right? Yeah, the salvation's out at the moment. Um, I recently actually got my permanent residency. Whoa, so you guys going to be seeing... Well, you can come over for dinner then. Welcome, oh, welcome. I'll, I'll take you up on that. Come um, on my couch on Mondays. Yeah, I, I'm, fly, I'm flying back to um, South Africa. Um, next month, I've, I've got a movie that we're shooting there called Last Broken Darkness. It's my first lead Yay. in a feature film. It's a, a post-apocalyptic sci-fi. So I'm really looking forward to that with uh, Brandon Orette from Chappie. So, yeah. okay. so, so that's yeah. going to be lots of fun. And yeah. 
Awesome. Great. Well, and how about this? Here, I lied. Here's one more. I'm just going to ask because I don't care if they <laughs> yell at me for going over time. If there was another show that you could get on right now, what show mm. would that be? Oh, you know what I'm really liking at the moment? I'm, a, I'm behind everyone, but The Blacklist. Oh, oh yeah. And I really want to be good. someone evil on The Blacklist. Like a one cameo like, episode on The Blacklist? Like yeah. A, a, some sort yeah, of spy. Exactly. One, one of Red's be, girls. Exactly. I want to be one, well, one which girls? The ones I'm sorry, one of Red's start. like agents. Oh, no. I meant like on The Blacklist. I want to be somebody who's oh. on The Blacklist. Because I feel like oh, that's, yeah. that's completely like... <laughs> Not what I look like, and I would love that because I just think be a little killer, sweet like little a innocent widow. girl, like with cookies. Hello. Like, yeah. well, I want to do Game of Thrones, Vikings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I could see you also turn. Have you seen that show? Oh, I have. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah I've but seen Washington that. Spies. I think it'd be a great yeah, episode. I'll make a phone really call. I'm seeing what I can do. All right, really so quickly, can you guys tell us anything? Just a hint about what's coming. And ears perk up. Shaking heads. No. <laughs> Shaking heads. A little like, baby no. hint. You don't think? Okay. No. Ladies and gentlemen, Kristen in the corner. No. I can say one thing. What can you say? That you do see Richard Guthrie. Briefly in the next episode. Hey, that's great. Oh, oh. do you? His body's dead. He's burying yeah, it. Just, yeah. He comes back to life. You and Irving again. You and Irving are both condemned to Davy Jones' locker. I think. I know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So before we go out of here, I want to get some music, and we need to do some predictions. Predictions. Oh, that was way too early. Whoa! Wait, wake up and do it. You go first today. I already said that I think that we are going to see before the end of this season Blackbeard the Pirate. Mm -hmm. That is definitely one prediction that I have. I do kind of think next week we'll get a little bit more of uh, young Abigail Ash and Billy Bones. Oh yeah, that's one of my hopes I, and dreams. I think that I think that something's going to happen where, <laughs> if Vane is successful in taking the ship, that these people may end up in Charlestown, and who knows where that's going to go to. Um, and then I think I want to see them take off and head for the gold. Uh, I want to see Rackham and the crew go after that. Mm-hmm. See what goes down with that. What about you, Lawrence Lawn? Lawrence Lawn. I think there's going to be more of a partnership between. Um, Eleanor and Mapleton. You know, she's kind of scheming there, mm-hmm. Mapleton. I mean, she obviously hired her, but I think she's got more up her sleeve than just spying and getting information. Um, I am looking forward to Eleanor and Vane. The reunion. Facing off. I don't think that'll happen well. next week. That'll be episode 10. I'll yeah. Something. I yeah. Don't know. He's going to come back to Nassau. Take what's his. <laughs> Man, man. Jamie Elias, you're right. up and we're running out of time. Sorry, hopes and dreams, but kind of a prediction too. Uh, Rackham and Anne Bonnie, I think that there's going to be something with their ca- character development next week. I just, I think that like he hit a point when he was like, I don't think that I knew her at all. And I think that mm-hmm. if more guys thought like that, the world would be a better place. So, <laughs> yeah. If more right? men understood if that we had men understood they know have no nothing clue about women, it would just be a better that we place. all know that. It's you that think we know that we don't know what we know that oh, we you're do just know. It so and now I'm just all like, I want food and sleep. Oh. And you're all like, oh my gosh. Tell me now. I'm just saying, couch. Any predictions for next week? I'm predicting <laughs> someone in this room made a correct prediction. Oh, That's my Ooh. prediction. I predict, no, I predict that <laughs> the fans of the show will be totally blown away by episode 9 and 10. I already know that. The gloves come off. Yes! Just oh. what we want to hear! Perfect. And yes. Yeah, it's, it's very, very cool. Yeah. 
Yeah. Sweet. Guys, thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for being so our guests here today on AfterBuzz Black Sales episode 8 uh, or XVI. Can I get my outro music, please? <laughs> <laughs> so as we roll out of here, I, I'll play my own music. I don't even care. Megan, why don't you tell the people at home one more time where they can find out more about you and what's going on uh, in your you life. You can find me on Twitter at YoungMegan, double N-E, underscore. And on Facebook as well. Oh yes, Same yeah, yeah. yeah. I, don't do ins- I don't do. Yeah, I don't do Instagram. And okay. Sean Cameron Michael. Oh, thank you, Ryan. Um, <laughs> at uh, Sean C Michael on Twitter and Sean C Michael on Facebook. Yeah. As always, right. and we follow can, us, follow ladies. Us. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of them, at Lauren Salon. Double waving all the way home. Double waving. <laughs> you can find me at Jamie S. Elias on Twitter and Instagram. Oh, and a, <laughs> and a, a wink. wink. Ooh, it's getting it was, it was here. And as always, you can find me at RyanHooks92 on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat. Thank you guys for tuning in to our Black Sales Episode 8 podcast. We will be back next week for Episode 9. See you guys later. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.